if you have the spiritual, the mental, you know, the physical, and all that understanding together, it really balances well when you're working with a client. As a financial advisor, there's so much that you need to know from how to get started in your business to regulatory changes affecting the whole industry. You get a lot of the training you need in these areas from your designations and continuing education. But there are also situations that your ordinary education won't prepare you for. No one taught me how to visit a client's home. No one taught me how to deal with death or cancer or suicide or assisted death or I'm not taught this. In today's episode, we talk to Lori Martin, a certified trauma treatment specialist and elder planning counselor, about how advisors can prepare for the first conversation with someone experiencing a sudden loss or death. Also joining us is Cindy Marquez, a certified financial planner and financial literacy advocate. This conversation is all about how you can learn to be crisis ready to help your clients when they're facing emotional trauma. Tell us how you got involved in the financial industry and also in your frontline interventionist uh, side of things. My background is marketing, and I ended up working in an insurance company. And in that field, that career was risk management and, of course, risk deterrence, working with financial institutions. It was this one conversation I had with a claims manager at that point that said, Lori, you know, I just watched a barn burned down and a family in crisis and I'm sitting there with them wondering what I can do to help them. And he said, I never felt so lost. And then it wasn't just his story, there were other stories that were coming my way, like I have never dealt with cancer. This is the first trip out as a, in my year of career as an advisor and I don't know how to deal with that, can you teach me? So when I started collecting all the questions, how do I attend a funeral? What do I do? What do I say? How do I enter a home? Do I send flowers? What do I write in the note? Then I knew there was, a, there was something really special needed to help people keep confidence and to stay focused and knowing that they're still in control of going into a moment of crisis that they can now still have that very genuine conversation and know how to guide a client through something very difficult. So then I started working with advisors, working with an investment firm, and the same thing started happening. The advisors would come and ask me, Lori, can you help me? I have a client that I've known for years, and there's just been a death. There's been a suicide. So I created a program on teaching advisors what to say, do, and not, and how that is so important in preparation for meeting their client that first time they get that call. That's how I started, and this is way back in the early 90s, and I've been in the front lines ever since, enjoying every moment of it. Some people think it's pretty morbid because they say, well, how can you do this? And I always like to say, when you see the dullness of someone's eyes turn, like, shining again, to me, that is the moment of reconciliation. It's a beautiful thing. You gave some really good advice I heard uh, at one of your presentations about how to help when you have a client that's, say, going through cancer. And can you give us some help on what to do, what not to do? I guess the story that I was told was this 
young advisor that had never dealt with cancer before. And he came up to me and he said, Lori, I've never dealt with cancer. My client, she's been a friend forever. She's beautiful. She's got long, gorgeous hair. She told me she has had cancer. She's had to go through chemo. Now she wants to see me. And I'm panicking because I don't know what to expect. And I don't know how I'm going to visit her. In fact, I don't think I can visit her. So we sat together. He taught me more about her, this client of his. And I said, I want you to do a few things. Before you meet with her, remember, she is always going to be Amy. When you're in your car or wherever you are getting ready for that meeting with her, just calm yourself down. Give yourself some taps on your hand, your knees, on your face, anywhere just to connect it, connect yourself. Put your mobile phone away. Just be present. Those are so key when getting ready to meet a client because when she opens the door, you really don't know what you're going to expect. But when she opens the door, look at her eyes. Don't look around what she looks like. Start judging or becoming scared, just being present. We used those strategies together. We built them up. He was all ready to go. And when he went to see his client, I'm sitting there wondering, how is it going? And I remember he came back to me and he said, Lori, that was the best visit I could imagine. He said, I did everything you said. I tapped myself, maybe too hard. <laughs> I, I got to the door. I was perspirating. And the door, I was just envisioning it, not opening. He said, I had all kinds of things going on in my head. But he said, when she opened the door, I looked at her eyes. And he said, that's what gave me the grace to sit with her in comfort. She taught me more about cancer than I could ever even know about. And he said, you know what the gift was there? She thanked me for not looking at her head, not having hair. To me, that was such a powerful story, you know, but it was for him is how do I prepare myself mentally, physically, spiritually to have this client visit? Most of us are intimidated with, you know, am I going to do this right? Am I going to say it right? Am I going to mess up? So, you know, learning some t helpful tips to help yourself in those situations is always going to be of an advantage to both you and your client. Everyone's a different type of advisor. Absolutely. Like Cindy got into this because of her passion of learning and wanting to help. What she learned, she wanted others to learn. But not everyone's like that. I know Richard, and I worked with Richard, he was 30. He couldn't wait to get that million dollars. He had the cousins and the friends and the neighbors, and he couldn't wait to get that watch or that trip. And that's all it was about. But the day his one best client had cancer, he didn't know what to do. It just makes you think, wow, you know, am I ready? Am I crisis ready to help a client too? And this has always been the component that I have learned over the years that it's not in the curriculum of an advisor's journey. Learning how to be that as an advisor is nowhere in your textbooks, in your licensing, in your whatever, right? You never learn how to help somebody through a crisis. 
And I hear this from every age when I'm in a group setting of teaching, right? Yeah. I hear it from every one of them. Lori, no one taught me how to deal with this. No one taught me how to visit a client's home. No one taught me how to deal with death or cancer or suicide or assisted death. I'm not taught this. All of a sudden, whoa, the world's changed and I'm in there and I have to help. Now, just as a question, how much crisis education or trauma training did you ever get in your career? Yeah. I know none. That's right. Especially none. about death. Now, death checks are huge. Yeah, that's right. And it's gonna, it happens right away, right? You have clients that are in their 30s and die, right? So it happens right away. And you have to be ready, but you don't ever get that training anywhere. I had one advisor he shared with me. He said, Lori, it was really tough. I had this relationship with Henry. We'll call him Henry. And Henry was my client for 30 years. Always helped uh, Henry with his business. Always helped him get that house, get that car, get that vacation. And Henry died. And he said, for me, it was devastating because I'm now going through my own loss with Henry. And he said, I wasn't talking to anyone about this. So as an advisor, what do advisors do? Who do they go to to talk to? Um, because sometimes that all builds up too. So you're kind of out in this lulla land all by yourself sometimes, and it can be very isolating for advisors as well. There's a lot of value in, in talking to other advisors. And so you asked earlier, you know, what kind of crisis training did I receive? And I said none, but a lot of this comes from, you know, just collaborating, connecting with your peers and sort of sharing your best practices or case studies where it's like, hey, this happened to me. There was a client where this happened. It was awful. Here's how I dealt with it. Here's what came of it. And so there's a lot of learning from each other as well. This isn't a one-man show, even though, you know, the role itself is a very independent type of business. Um, you, you really can't do it without learning from each other because there's no way to you know, have a textbook accurately depict every sort of life situation that might happen and how people will feel about it and how to react to those feelings. That's stuff that can't really be taught in a technical way. You sort of just, you need to collaborate and empathize with each other and discuss this. My academic training of, of being in the front lines as a trauma specialist, my best learning wasn't the academic side. It was listening to what people need, mm -hmm. telling me what their needs are. Sometimes they didn't know what their needs are, but being open to that. And talk to another advisor that's been there before mm -hmm. and what did they do and how did they deal with it? The community of advisors. There's so many advisors and we have a community out there. And we should be talking to each other and, and getting help from each other. And advocates creates that great space for advisors. I mean, that's, that's something that I've greatly benefited from with advocates is creating that sense of community amongst advisors to network and learn from each other and share our experiences so we can all be better at what we do. Are you a financial advisor who's not yet a member of Advocus? Visit advocates.com today to join a great community of advisors can be a real resource for you when you're dealing with difficult client situations. For the full list of member benefits, visit advocates.com today. I want to add to that because personal experience, speaking to the different chapters that advocates puts on for their education, 
I asked the question in the room, what was one of the most difficult situations you've ever dealt with? How was the outcome? What was the outcome? Can this situation happen again? What would you do differently? And I had that as a group discussion. The room was buzzing because very seldom do we ever really get to share with a group of colleagues that are in the same position, different relationships, but get to really learn from each other. People are so careful on what they say about a client or a situation because they might be judged. Well, what do you mean you can't deal with that as an advisor? You know, that's easy for me, but everyone's got a different resiliency on de dealing with difficult situations. So you're, I love that, you know, that you have an opportunity. Do we know that we have that opportunity? If not, how do we find out how we can share and have a buddy system or create a buddy system mm -hmm. with advisors working together? Even not just a, a whole community, but having some really good friends in the industry that you can bounce ideas off of and talk to when things happen and, and just talk about it and talk through it, right? Sometimes not even necessarily from other advisors, but learning from your clients who themselves are dealing with a loss of another friend or family who might not be a client of your own, so it doesn't directly affect you, but you're helping your client go through their own personal loss and you're learning from them because one day that loss will be yours as well. So there's, an, there's always opportunity to learn from each other uh, when it comes to financial literacy or just, you know, improving your skills as an ad advisor. It's, uh, it's a great value to be able to collaborate and connect with other people. And my appreciation of advisors, they're like emergency responders, really, because every split second there could be some kind of a critical situation and you're getting that call. So it takes courage to be an advisor. Being accepting of your own personal space, your own emotions, your own attitudes on how to deal with a situation that has high stress, high anxiety, and just allowing yourself to be human, that, that is something that we often need to be reminded of. Reassurance, self-talk, whatever, it's just sometimes we're there to do the tactical stuff. We're going to look after you. All is good. And some of us just are not good with the emotional side. So having that blend of just allowing your, you know, the person you're working with just to be and you can just be, that's going to really build a really close and solid relationship, especially with trust. And to be fair, that's in large part the biggest part of what we do as advisors we're not just living, breathing, you know, sources of information. Yes, that's important, but a lot of it is about being sociable and having that degree of empathy to connect with your clients and being vulnerable along with them. In my experience, um, individuals don't really just want this faceless suit to come in and lecture them. They want someone who actually understands what they're going through and can prove that by sharing a story of their own or making themselves out to be a little bit vulnerable and, you know, sharing uh, a relatable experience, which I do often. I never try to depict myself as this flawless, perfect, know-it-all advisor. 
because I got to where I at now and became the expert I am because I have stumbled so many times and I can relate to you know the problems that other people are going through and I share that with them and that opens up a dialogue where you can pull new information from them that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise divulged because they feel like well you're just a stiff in the suit so tell me how to invest and let that be it there's so much more to being an advisor than just you know knowing the facts when i was new in my industry i saw that to be quite apparent because i looked around and there were certain advisors who were very textbook smart knew the products very well and what to do in certain situations but their social skills were highly lacking and so they didn't have a lot of success because they didn't have a lot of clients because there's no sense of trust and sociability there. I came from a background of working in the service industry, so that was already a skill I was already very good at connecting with people and learning the technical side was just something I did along the way, but I immediately had a lot of success in working and attracting new clients because I sensed that sociability, that approachability, that, you know, she's not just a brick wall who's gonna talk at me, we're gonna have a discussion with each other. In case you missed it, go to soundcloud.com slash financial advice for all to hear the conversation we had with Lori and Cindy for Financial Literacy Month about how you can take charge of your finances. It's a great episode to share with your clients and we hope you'll enjoy it. It's so important to have that that relationship, that solid relationship from the beginning so that your clients come to you when something happens they're getting a divorce or they they're sick or whatever and they come to you and they and they talk to you about it and and again you're walking you're helping them through it financially and also there to to support them and i think fine and finding an advisor it's a real personality connection like definitely we know ourselves we will go to a professional and you either click with them or you don't. And sometimes you think you have to keep seeing that person because they were assigned to you. But that's not true. We have choices. So gut instinct and that personality, I think, is key for knowing who your advisor is, what you want in an advisor as far as personality, compassion, knowledge. I think it's all part and parcel of finding the right person to work with you. Sometimes you have different people coming at you and you might have five different advisors. So as a person wanting to actually step forward, what do you look for in an advisor? And if you feel like you're not getting that from your advisor, it's, it's like you said, there, it, it has to be a relationship. Otherwise, why are you working with this individual? Why are you funding their paycheck? You might as well be using an online platform. If you see your advisor once a year for 15 minutes, what kind of tailored advice can they provide for you? You know, you should want to invite your financial advisor to your wedding. Yeah. You know what I mean? They should intimately know what it is you're going through and understand your financial priorities very deeply to the point where they start to make connections that you don't realize. Where I've called up clients and be like, hey, you know, I know your grandmother was going through a tough time. Do you want to actually put your contributions on pause this month? because you mentioned that you wanted to pitch in some support. So it's not just about collecting a paycheck, it's about being proactive 
in responding to their emotional needs and having that relationship there. You're a friend, you know, a friend without crossing any lines, but uh, you got to be someone that they can just call up without needing a formal meeting. You know, they, they're in crisis mode and they just need your help and advice. If you're not that person, then perhaps they would have better luck working with a different advisor. You're never tied down to any one person uh, just because, for example, you know, they're your parents' advisor and so you feel obligated to also work with uh, him or her. But this is a very personal connection in your life that is very meaningful to your future successes or failures. So you should feel that sort of connection and uh, sense of relatability. Something that you just sparked a memory here for me, when I was working directly as a coach to uh, an advisor, what we did was we made a few phone calls to the advisor's clients and asked if they would give a testimonial of the advisor. That was so... Oh, how would I say it? It was just so affirming of what you do is good as an advisor. One gentleman, I remember him sharing, I had Ed from the time I was 20 to the time I am now. I'm 72 years old, and he helped me through the ups and downs of all my business. He kept me on track with my finances and my goals. I could never have done this without him. That really gives you a sense of, wow, you know, I am on track. I, I do have purpose. And, you know, this is so valuable for people to have me to help them. So sometimes, you know, it's not just the one-sidedness. Sometimes we need reassurances, too. Have you seen Advocacy's new Strategic Selling with Social Media course? It walks you through the various social media profiles, which one you should use according to your target market, how to set them up correctly, how to maintain them, and how to use them as an effective marketing channel. Follow the link in the description to this episode for more information on that course and on the new Ethics CE course, Making Choices. Okay, the most difficult thing I've been through, well, Pretty much the fact that when I turned to this industry, I was starting a business from scratch. And depending on how advisors, you know, structure their compensation, there's a lot of ways to do it. But for me, it was all commission-based, so your income is very sporadic, and you don't know when your next paycheck is going to come, and that was very hard. And it's led me to being that advisor now who can connect with all of my freelancers and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and side hustlers out there that I work with, because that's a whole different beast, is those self-employed individuals who don't have consistent income, it's really hard to plan your life that way. And so having gone through it firsthand and experiencing those challenges, which were very challenging, um, you know, and at the time I had just gotten married and I was trying to start my life and it's almost like I took myself two steps back, starting from scratch. That was, that was definitely very difficult, but it came down to practicing what I preach and, you know, starting from tracking my numbers and trying to come up with a budget and trying to automate everything that I could and also being open with my partner about the money. This is not, for those of you listening who are in a relationship, you know, 
I can speak from personal experience that there's going to be a lot of resentment and distrust that builds up if you try to go about everything on your own and shelter your savings or shelter your debt issues. It's got to be an open and honest conversation, which forces you both to be very vulnerable. And so that was something hard for me at the time, uh, being someone who helps others with the same issue and then also going through it simultaneously and putting these things to practice with my husband. You know, that was a big challenge and it's, it's not easy to do. And there are approaches to help, you know, ease that process. But it's a very vulnerable thing, being honest about your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to money because, you know, somehow money dictates the type of person that we are and whether or not we're doing well in life. And uh, that's something we all struggle with. Chances are, if you're open about it and the problems are there, you're probably built to last if you can communicate through the disaster that's going on versus just keeping it all bottled in and, you know, I mean, I can't speak to experience. I haven't worked with too many divorcees, but I imagine that money has probably been a pretty big trigger in a lot of those cases. I've had my heart broken into But something's different next to you I think as an advisor, it's good to honor, honor yourself and really respect your own qualities and reflect on what your qualities are. And when we're talking with topics such as a critical situation, I like people to think and reflect on how was I taught to deal with something difficult at home? How did I react to it? How did my parents react to it? How do I react to a situation in front of my client? And I think one of the most important things is to really reflect on the qualities needed as an advisor, to realize you also need to have the courage to be an advisor. It's not just going out there anymore and sitting down with numbers and creating a roadmap for someone. It's about the relationship, the intensity of the relationship, because some of us have clients we see once in a while, some we see quite regularly. And I think key here is the willingness to feel. We have to allow ourselves to feel and to be ready to engage in difficult conversations and discussions and learn about the client. What is it they're going through right now? What can I learn to be better prepared to help them? For example, if you're working with elders, going into a long-term care or retirement home, that's a big shift. What can I learn about the retirement homes around me to help give them some tips to what to look for when they are exploring their new space to live, their new home? So being educated, self-educated, getting excited about learning something different other than the advisor's role itself, bringing in more of the human component, learning about trauma, learning about different critical life situations, just making yourself more knowledgeable will make you even more confident when working in a difficult situation. A lot of the time, my clients have delayed for so long because there's no confidence there. There's this feeling 
of personal lack and unworthiness because they're unsure of whether or not they're on the right track, if, you know, am I where I should be? But then again, that's a very subjective question based on your own life circumstances. But just not knowing where to start and avoiding that, and it just sort of, it's this vicious downward spiral of because I don't know, I won't do, and then that digs you further into the hole, and it's just harder and harder to climb out. So being able to get my clients, you know, to light up, like you said, to see that moment of excitement about their money because now they get it and they realize what they can do to take control, that's why I keep doing this because it's exciting. From when they approach me very timid and ashamed that, oh, well, I'm 30-something years old. I know I should know this by now. And they're afraid to ask questions or afraid to reveal their situation. And then by the time it clicks, they're very excited and they realize the time is now. Let's just fix this now. There's a solution from, for everyone, and uh, it just it doesn't make any sense to compare one person to another because our lives are so different. What led us to that point is very different, you know, than someone else. And so when people come in feeling very ashamed, it's just, you know, I always reassure them that this is it's about you and your situation, so what can we do to move forward from here? It's not about the comparison game. I think, Cindy, you give them hope. Well, as do you. Because yeah. when you, st- you start out going, oh my gosh, can I even, you know, build any kind of portfolio? And then you start talking and you just bring that wonderful feeling of, yes, I can do this. And you're there to hold my hand. And I like that. You've been listening to the Advocates Podcast for Financial Advisors. To learn more about our guest, Lori Martin, visit lifeinterrupted.ca. And you can find out more about Cindy Marquez by following the links in the episode description. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and can use it next time you have a difficult meeting with a client facing an emotionally traumatic situation. Thanks for listening. Until next time.